Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, what up? This is your host, Sully. Welcome into Rewind Wednesday on Talking Out Loud, where we take a look back over some of the historical interviews that have already taken place right here on this podcast before I change the name to Talking Out Loud. So pretty clear and honest purpose for Rewind Wednesday. Um, I did a lot of great interviews last year. We had a lot of great content, a lot of great episodes. And I didn't want them to just get lost because we switched our hosting provider from one SoundCloud site to another. Um, So leading up to the season, every Wednesday, I am going to put together one of the segments that I've already done and push it back out to you fine folks. So uh, today I've decided to start us off with the Mark Titus interview that took place in the first week of February. This would have been right after the Duquesne and Fordham games in February, and we talked to Mark about uh, the Dayton bandwagon, the Dayton season. We talked about his time as a walk-on at Ohio State. Uh, He now works for Fox Sports, previously worked for Grantland and The Ringer, and he has a pretty successful college basketball podcast himself uh, on this day in 2020. So I'm going to bring this one back and push it right out to you. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome into Rewind Wednesday. You might know him on Twitter at Club Trillion. I know him by his actual name, Mark Titus. He is, I would say, the leader of the Dayton bandwagon outside of Dayton fans to this point. Uh, and he's keeping me from my evening workout tonight because I really wanted to squeeze this interview in. And Mark's out in California, so whatever, we're going to squeeze it in at this time of the night. So I asked Mark before he came on to open up the show tonight with his least favorite gym guy. Did you give that question any thought when you're in the gym? Who's your least favorite, like stereotypical guy? My my least favorite guy is um, is I know him as Jeff Bowles, who's the head coach at Ohio University currently. Uh, he was an assistant at Ohio <laughs> State, specific. and this is what Jeff Bowles would do when he was in, when he he was an assistant when uh when I was on the team at Ohio State. Coach Bowles would come into the weight room and just start picking up like every – he would touch every piece of machinery and do like one rep of everything. But he clearly had no plan. He had no idea what he's doing. He would just walk around. He'd pick up like a, a 10-pound dumbbell, just do like two curls and then set it down. And then he'd like grab like a 20-pound dumbbell and like press it above his head real quick and then set that down. And he would just kind of like linger around with no plan whatsoever. He just kind of wants to be seen in the weight room. He wants people to know that he's like touching weights but he's not actually working out. Um, those are the guys that, that drive me crazy in the gym the most. I, I don't actually don't have a problem with the meatheads and the hard asses. Like, cause you know, yeah. I, I think part of it's my own insecurity with those guys. Like the part of me that's like, screw those guys. It's really a reflection of myself because it's deep down. I just want to be as strong and, and care as much as they do. It's the guys that are there that clearly don't want to be there. that don't care. And they just feel like they have to be there. Those are the guys that drive me the craziest. Cause I just want to pull them aside and be like, no one's making you be here. Just go home. You don't have to. You don't have to pick up all these weights, and you don't. You clearly don't know what you're doing. You have no plan. Just go home, or go do yoga. Just so, go to the yoga room. Just do some yoga. <laughs> just anything where you're not going to be apathetic. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. 
this guy sounds like uh, Gordon from Dodgeball, where he's just shocking it up and keeping the body guessing. Is it kind of yeah, like that? Yeah, that, that, there you go. That's it. Yes, <laughs> that is. But uh, I'll never forget watching, like, because, you know, when I was at Ohio State, a lot of the coaches would lift weights. And most of them, all they do is bench press, which is funny in and of itself. Just the, that, that, that is a guy in and of itself is the guy who only does bench. Um, and then goes home. Yeah. And then goes home and that's it. He, he like pumps out like 20 sets of bench and you're like, holy hell, like, do, you, do, <laughs> do you have any other muscles that work on your body? Um, but Bowles was always the one exception and he would, uh, and plus, there you go. That's a name that maybe some of the people that listen to the show will, uh, will recognize Jeff Bowles. Uh, so that was, uh, they probably will. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that, that, that stood out to me when he would do that. He would just like walk in and just touch that. And he's always wearing like a polo too. That was the other thing. Like all the other coaches would change into actual gear and he's just got like his Ohio state polo on and like his khaki shorts. <laughs> what are you doing? That's such an old guy move where you're just like, dude, like you don't have a single t-shirt to throw yeah. on after work. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> That's a classic old guy move, man. Uh, I, I didn't bring you on today to talk about gym talk, but that was the first question I wanted to get out of the way because everybody that's been at gym has their least favorite gym guy. Mm-hmm. Um, is it fair in the introduction to call you the leader of the Dayton bandwagon outside of our own fans? Because I feel as though you've kind of solidified yourself in that, which is fairly impressive for a guy that went to Ohio State. Yeah, which, you know, we kind of it is. Uh, I, I, I was worried about that because I was worried that Dayton fans would not take kindly to uh to an Ohio State guy trying to kind of I'm, I'm not trying to take over the bandwagon by no means I I, I just want to be a part of it just like let me on is all I'm asking um no I think I you know this is my strategy and I've been in this business long enough I picked up on on something that uh that I think a lot of people that are trying to get into this line of work should should take note of uh I jumped on the Virginia bandwagon early Virginia loses to a 16 seed and then they come back the next year, as you might remember, and they win the national championship. And then, and then I went to the celebration in Charlottesville, and I was treated like a god down there. I have never been – I'm not even kidding. I have never been treated so well in my life than when I went to the national championship celebration in Charlottesville, Virginia. Because I had so many people coming up to me being like, you were with us from the start, man. You were always – and the light bulb went off, and I was like, <laughs> I just need to do this every year where I just jump on bandwagons. And by the time I'm 80 – I'll have like every team in the country covered because like this year, Virginia is horrible, but Virginia fans don't care that I, you know, crap on them because they remember last year how nice I was. Oh, they're good. Yeah. They're like, you'll, you're all, you'll yeah. always be one they're of good us for a long time. You'll always be one of us though. is how they treat me. They're like, yeah, you're one of us. We get you. So that's my goal is I'm trying to do it with every single team. By the time I'm 80, like I said, I think I'll have everyone covered to where I can have any opinion I want and people will have my back. Cause they'll be like, no, I remember that one time, man, back in 2020, you had our back. So I don't mind that you've crapped on us every single second since then. <laughs> that's that's quite literally like the the that's the whole thing about being a Dayton fan is just like oh this guy he fucks with Dayton like I'm with yeah. him now he's with yeah. us you know and we need that I told I told Mark before he came on that uh, he was talking about other fan bases like expecting him to know like things about their teams when he comes on a podcast and I said that Dayton fans are exactly the opposite. We think that nobody watched our team and no one gives a shit about us. So this season is wholly unique yeah. because everybody's been caring about us and watching our games. And, um, and that's kind of, you know, how we got in touch. Uh, and you, I think the key to your success here is that you jump on the bandwagon in like November. So right. we, we can back up and go there because that's exactly what you did. And you were in Maui. So before we even get to any of that, how did the whole Maui trip come to be? Because you weren't working for Fox yet, right? Right. We were we were still at the ringer. Uh, Tate and I were still at the ringer. And Maui people reached out to us 
uh, because we, we had kind of turned a thing in, on our podcast where we were talking about how badly we wanted scoops and we just wanted like one scoop in our life. And uh, <laughs> some scoop. of the people that – any scoop, it doesn't matter. And then eventually John Rostein texted me. I'll never forget this. When, when Rostein texted me and he's like, I got a scoop for you. And my eyes lit up because I was like, it's going to be one of two things. Like, Actually, it could only be one thing. In my mind, I thought – I hope to God he gives me just the – the 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 dumb it like some kid from Quinnipiac is transferring to like Hofstra who is some kid who averaged like 1.1 points per game or something you um, can break this one this one time yeah 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 I'm gonna give you this one and then I was gonna blow it out and like make it like the biggest deal in the world and then Rostin's like I got a scoop for you and I was like oh boy what is it and he's like I'm getting married and I was dying laughing <laughs> so <laughs> you got that played became, that became my one big scoop was that uh I I broke that John Rostin was was engaged to a real life woman but um. No, where were we? We were talking about uh, how I got involved with Maui. Yeah. yeah. So the Maui people were listening to the show, and they said, "We we want we want to give you a scoop. We want to let you guys announce the field to the Maui Invitational." And we were like, "That's awesome!" And we, we decided we'll just we'll, we have no idea how or why this happened, but we'll jump all over it. Um, and so we did this video where we we were the we were the people that announced for the first time the bracket, and and we said that Dayton will be playing Georgia in the first game of the Maui Invitational. That was us. Um, so it started there, and then uh, from there, we just kind of kept in touch with the Maui people, and they asked us to come out and like cover the event because it, I can't. At this point, we weren't working for the Ringer. We had quit our jobs at the Ringer, and we were just doing nothing except just like, yeah, just spending money in LA basically. And uh, they they hired us to come basically cover the Maui Invitational for them. They just wanted us to about it and get the word out about this small little tournament that nobody knows about, I guess. I don't know. I was like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, exactly nobody's ever heard doing? of Maui. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what, what, what do you want us to do here? All right, sure. Uh, and for us, it was like, yeah, free trip to Maui. Of course we're going to go. So um, we did that. We got back together. We, we relaunched the podcast and and the rest is history. But uh, my, my, my path with Dayton with it though, is like, I remember we were doing the, the reveal, the bracket reveal thing. And I was looking up the field, and I I, I was just kind of doing some research, and I knew Dayton was going to be decent, but I didn't realize until I started like looking up like the roster and, and kind of reading blogs and tweets and and probably some of your tweets. Honestly, I probably came across uh, of just oh, people that seem to be so excited about this Dayton team. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get ahead of this. I'm going to surprise Tate. And during the bracket reveal, if you go back and watch, and please don't because. Just oh no, I watched it. I, I watched it. Yeah, you guys had like sunglasses on, and it was like, yeah. uh, wasn't it like a weird time when they announced that bracket? I, I yeah, it was. Like the, what, what time of year was it? It was in the middle of the summer, I think, if I remember right. It was yeah, like August yeah. or July. I, like, or I didn't have my head. Yeah, I didn't have my head around college basketball, and I was like, wait, why are we doing this right now? I remember thinking yeah. that, but yeah, I remember yeah. the day. Yeah, okay. Um. So if you go back and rewatch it and maybe I, I misremembering this, but I remember at the time, like being very high on Dayton and I was telling Day Tate, I was like, Dayton's going to be pretty good. Like, cause I knew Ibby Watson transferred from Michigan, uh, Shimonga who actually doesn't even play now. I just knew he was like a massive dude from Nebraska. Um, Takes and then I knew, space. I knew Toppin was going to be okay. I didn't, I certainly didn't think he's going to be the best player in the country, but, uh, I was like, Me I either. think Dayton. I was like, Dayton's gonna make some noise. I, I think I went with that phrase. I was like, Dayton's gonna make some noise in this tournament. I don't know how good they're <laughs> gonna be, but they're gonna make some noise. So it started there, and then um, once we got to Maui, before the games had even tipped off, I was kind. I was almost all in on Dayton. I watched the team uh, just interacting. We stayed at the same hotel as as Dayton, uh, the Sheraton there on the island, um, 
And just the way those guys, and it might seem trivial if, if you're on the outside looking in, uh, but you, you can kind of tell with this stuff. I've been around basketball long enough, like just the chemistry that teams have when they're hanging out in hotels and airports and all that stuff. Um, and, and watching the way those guys interacted with one another, that they were just inseparable, throwing a football on the beach and, and jumping off the rocks and going to the pool. Like all of them just seemed to get along so well. It caught my eye even before the games were played. And at the we, we did like this – pre-tournament luau too and it was the same sort of thing you could just you, you watch all the team all the teams are there every every single player that's going to be playing this tournament is there and the Dayton players just had like this cohesiveness and unity and they just seemed like they actually got along that if you said to those guys you can never play basketball together again they'd be like all right well we're still going to hang out all the time because we love each other uh and that stood yeah. out to me um and then fast forward to the first day the very first game of the tournament was Georgia Dayton um at 9 30 a.m I'm barely awake and I get into the gym like right before tip because I probably woke up at nine 15 to get over to the gym in time. Uh, yeah. I, I, I stroll, there. I, yeah, I strolled to the gym right before the tip off and it is unbelievably loud, uh, which I've since learned you're supposed to spell L O W D. Is that correct? You're, you're correct. Yes. You yeah, are. Yeah. Yes. That's our thing. Yeah. I could not believe it. I was, I was blown away at how many Dayton fans um, not only showed up, but how loud they were to play against Tom Crean. I was like, what? What is this? It's 9.30 a.m. and you guys are, are getting this crazy. Uh, that stood out to me. And then we watched all the teams play. Like that first that first day, we watched all four games. Um, and by far, Dayton had the best fans. And I was like, my God, this is the, they were the one fan base that was there solely for the basketball. And the, the Maui trip was just like a side thing. It was like, well – if you know, like if we have some time, maybe we'll do Maui where it felt like everyone else was like, we're here to go to Maui. And then we're also going to squeeze in some basketball on the side. Dayton fans were like, chill at the beach. Yeah. We are here to win these games. And, uh, anyway, that was kind of it. And then like between, obviously you guys played super well. I was blown away by, by how well you were playing like Toppin, I think just announced his arrival that like, he's going to be an all American at the absolute worst this year. Um, and then hon- yeah. honestly, uh, the Grant family, Anthony Grant's kids were the stars of the Maui Invitational for me, just watching them all, um, interacting. And I don't even know how many kids he has. Cause I think they had a lot of friends there too, but, uh, his, his, I'm actually not sure either. I'm really not sure. I know he has, I, I watched the TV. Yeah. I'm not sure. I know he has at least two sons because they were acting a fool and I was loving it. They had their sunglasses on and they were talking smack and yelling at the refs. And they had like, so, like one, I think his oldest son had sunglasses and like three lays on at all time. Every single time I saw that kid, he had sunglasses and three lays and he's talking smack and he's like, up. he's firing up the, uh, uh, the Dayton players. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. And you throw in coach Grant's story of like being a former player there and, and all that kind of stuff. I was like, this is the team. This is, this is, I will be on this bandwagon this year. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how it started. And, and now here we are. So. I, I love that you used like uh, when you did the, the bracket reveal you were talking about earlier, how you use like a perfect media phrase. Like they're going to make some noise. Make some that's noise. like the perfect yeah. ambiguous <laughs> phrase that way. Like you can't be wrong. Can't. Cause even if we win like one game and you're like, Oh man, Dayton looked yeah. good. Then like that justifies making noise. So like, see, I wasn't wrong. Like they made, or noise. you don't even have to win. But you just you're like, right, like come close to pulling off an upset. Show yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, didn't that Dayton team look good? They made some noise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and Again, like it's the same thing with Dayton fans. Like anytime anyone starts talking about us in any kind of uh, just like in any kind of consistency, we're like, all right, well, we're on with this guy now because he fucks with Dayton basketball and now he's one yeah. of us. So it's again, that's that's kind of all you really need to, to jump on the bandwagon with us. And um, 
Yeah, and then okay, so what, was there like a point in the season where you you tweeted something and you're like, oh, because remember, I th- I think what'd you say like that if you tweet Dayton basketball with just like a thumbs up, you're gonna get like 500 likes. Yeah, it's a great, it's the easiest <laughs> way to get engagement this year. I think it was just basically like anytime I mentioned anything regarding Dayton or Obi Toppin, um, I I just saw like just one after another. I saw comments. I saw like people telling me to come on this show. I saw like it was it was like overwhelming. And I understand it might have not been proportional. It might have been the results might have been skewed because I am an Ohio State guy, and imagine there's a lot of overlap with like people that follow me also are Dayton fans, but like kind of unfortunately in Ohio State. Um, So if I mentioned that was probably it, but I noticed like anytime I brought up Dayton as compared to anything else, the engagement was through the roof. So I just made the joke that you could probably just tweet Dayton basketball with a thumbs up and, and do numbers. <laughs> and so I just started doing that. Now, yeah, people just like like it and uh, it's hilarious. Uh, but no, it started I, – I made the joke earlier about how I'm, I'm trying to manipulate people and, and win your favor. Uh, but that is not that is not what happened. <laughs> I promise. It Speak was, truthful. <laughs> it was uh, – I, I, I just think like the style of play is so fun. You guys have like such a great team that like plays so well together. Um and you have a superstar. I mean, like, that's like really it too is you look around the landscape of college basketball this year and there just really aren't um, the, the, all the best like NBA prospects are on crappy teams. They, they just aren't good. Or and, they're not playing at all. Yeah. You know, like uh, yeah. They're not even in the national scene or they're overseas or whatever. Yeah, and they're it, just and, not around. And then even even then like the National Player of the Year candidates, you got like Luca Garza and Peyton and, uh, who's on Iowa. Who, Iowa's a good team, but they're, no one's looking at Iowa saying that that's a national champion. No one's looking at Oregon saying that's a national champion with Peyton Pritchard. Uh, no, Seton yep. Hall, I guess, could be with Miles Powell. Um, and then, you know, like Malachi Flynn's on San Diego State. But my point is like usually you have like – top NBA prospects that are on relevant teams or like the national player of the year is on the number one team in the country, something like that. And that's not really happening this year. And the one exception is Obi Toppin on Dayton is like, I feel like Dayton can win the national championship. I feel like Obi Toppin is the best player in the country. And he's on top of that. He's not just like a good college player. He's actually a guy who's going to be a top 10 pick, maybe a top five pick in the draft. Um, so yeah. you put all that together and like Dayton is is very, very unique this season because they're the one team that checks all of those boxes in terms of like a, a, an appeal to, to uh, just a casual fan. And for that reason, like I don't I don't need all that. Like I do find Baylor to be exciting. I do like defensive teams with, that don't have NBA prospects. Um, that's fine by me. I like college basketball. But uh, in terms of yeah. just like the, the stuff that gets people going, uh, Dayton seems to be like the team this year for me so i I enjoy watching you guys more than anyone else so yeah yeah i certainly think so too we definitely check a lot of boxes and and again we're like kind of the little kid on the playground we're like please notice us and that was exactly what was going on in maui because you guys like kind of jumped on talking about dating you're like i like this team and then like the ud twitter force would come out of the woodwork and be like well it's loud and we have fans everywhere and we travel well and, you know it's just like we're kicking and screaming for people to notice us and that's yeah that's really all we're about pretty much all the time um and it now that we are at this juncture of the interview slash podcast i've realized that i did not preface much about uh, about you or why we had you on for people that don't know because I mean mm-hmm. I, I feel like we <laughs> we got down into the weeds and sometimes it can be this like little echo. If chamber, you don't know, you know, shame on yeah, you. Yeah, I know, right? If you don't know, shame what on the you. Hell, oh my God, are people? you kidding? No, I'm kidding. Um, that was my best Jay Billis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of like 
being very cocky, but then bringing it all back around and be like, no, I'm kidding. I'm actually humble. I'm actually very humble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's Jay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So for anyone that, that might not know um, on minute 18 of the interview, so, uh, so Mark Titus was a four-year walk-on, four years, right? Walk-on at, at OSU um, from Indianapolis. And you missed Gordon Hayward by like two years in high school, right? Or did no, you no. actually play with we, him in We high played school? together. Uh, I was a senior when he was a sophomore. Okay. But I missed good Gordon Hayward by two years. Um, when I played with him, he was like five. <laughs> he was still kind of a scrub. <laughs> yeah, he was like 5'11 and like 140 pounds when I played with yeah. him. And then two years later, he was like 6'8 and dunking on people. And I was like, great. Fantastic. Thank you, Gordon. And they, they won the state title after I left. <laughs> oh, so, God. Well, I was going to ask you about that because so your high school team left or uh, won the state title right after you left. And then that OSU team right after you left was a one seed and lost like three games yeah. the whole year. Yeah. Um, so you, you're kind of in this cycle now where every team that you've left does better, better without you being on the bench. How do you, mm. how does that, oh, thank how does you. that feel? That. You thank know? you. You inter- <laughs> have you, have was, you taken any thought of that? I was super pissed <laughs> that the, the 2011 Ohio state team was so good because um, I could have redshirted. I, uh, no one would pay attention to this or care, but my senior year I had a, I had shoulder surgery and I was out for most of the year. Um, I didn't dress in a lot of the games and uh, it, basically looking back on it, like I could have got a red shirt. And I remember I, I asked the coaches about it. I was like, Hey, I, I never would have actually red shirt. I was ready to get out of college and, and just kind of move on with my life. Cause whatever I, I realized like you can only be a jackass for so long, you know? And <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I, I was the exact same way at Dayton. I was like, I've been going to the same three bars for like four fucking yeah. years, you know? Yeah. So I, I was not like one red shirt, but I, as I, as it was all happening, I just remember thinking to myself like, man, I totally, so I asked the coaches about it and I said like, Hey, uh, cause you know, Jared Solinger had committed. I knew he was coming in and I knew they were bringing a lot of guys back. And, uh, I brought it up to him. Craft. I brought it up to him. The office. I was like, Hey, I could, uh, you know, I could redshirt and go to graduate school and get an extra year. Right? Like, no, you couldn't. And I was like, no, I know the rule. Cause I, I set out enough games where I think like, like, no, no, I could get a medical. And they're like, no, no, you couldn't. No. They just kept saying that over and over. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I see what's no, happening here. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I got you. The read between yeah. the lines. Like, okay, I'll go. I'll go. Just put your head down yeah. walk out the door. Okay. Um, and, and that was funny too when I was looking through uh, some of those Ohio State teams. Um, you missed our boy Jordan Seibert by a year as well. Um, I did, yeah, because he yeah. eventually, you know, ended up transferring to Dayton and had like some some real signature moments for us. Um, so, but but then you got out of school and you started the Club Trillion Foundation. Do you want to explain that to listeners how it all came to be? Yeah. So uh, when I was in college, I had the Club Trillion blog, uh, which is so that's where the name where the the foundation comes from. The Club Trillion was a uh, uh, the name of that was I I would get into games when I was at Ohio State. I'd play one minute and not do anything else. And my box score would then have one and a bunch of zeros. Uh, one minute played and a bunch <laughs> of zeros. Uh, we, we called that the trillion. And originally there were a handful of us on the team that, that made up the club. And then uh, they wanted out. And the club became a one-man show. And I was it. So uh, that was the name. Um, I actually got a trillion. Now that I remember this, I got a trillion uh, against Dayton in the NIT in 08, I think. Yeah, I, I'm pretty did sure I did. Really? I'm going to look this up. You know what's funny? I watched that game from my computer lab. I was a senior in high school um, back in Pittsburgh. And at the time, I can't remember how I was able to pull that game up on the computer because streaming like wasn't really a thing yet. 
So I want to say it was like a really grainy feed that I was able to watch somehow, some way. I feel like I'm making that, but I I remember yeah. us losing that game very vividly because that season was supposed to be good for us, and then it all went to shit. I remember, uh, but I remember coming into the game and Coach Mata had called the dogs <laughs> off and and was like, "All right, we got this in the bag. Let's like not, you know, we're we're big brother beating up on Dayton, and let's not be the bad guys here and and kick their easy, kick their ass no. too easy. badly." So he throws me in the game <laughs> and uh, you motherfuckers would not stop pressing. And like, I'm, I'm just trying yeah. to dribble the clock out and, and you guys are like pressing me <laughs> doing run and jumps. So on you're, us. You're, I was like, what the hell is this? What, what is, I don't understand what's happening right now. Uh, yeah, that was, that, that's the only time in my entire career at Ohio state that I was pressed was against Dayton in the 2008 NIT. I vividly remember it because it's, it's, it's like a routine. Like when you're a walk on, and especially if you get one minute of playing time, it's like you might as well be doing like a like a gymnastics routine. Like it's so it's so ingrained in your mind. You check in, you play one possession of defense, you grab the rebound, you go stand in this corner as the clock runs out, you dap up the guy guarding you as there's four seconds left, and then you walk to the handshake line and you go hit the showers. Like it, it's it, you, we have it down to a science. So to have like Dayton pressing me, I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> I'm looking at the sideline. Is is this allowed? I'm, I'm asking the ref. I'm like, ref, come on. Yeah. Like I'm in, like I'm in. You got to call something. Yeah, here. like I'm in third grade basketball where you're not allowed to press. You know, I was like, isn't this a violation of some sort, ref? Come on, what are we doing here? Illegal defense. <laughs> call it. Just blow the whistle. Um. So, uh, uh, yeah, we're we're we're, we're talking about the club trillion thing. Um, I did get a trillion in state. I, I looked yeah. it up. I did have a trillion. I played one minute. Did nothing. It was well. It was in jeopardy if you committed a turnover. So we really put the the trillion in jeopardy Danny, because the box score well, could have been forever altered. It looks like I don't remember if this is true, but Danny Peters, the other walk on, had a turnover. Um, so I'm sure I just threw him the ball and I was like, "You take care of this. <laughs> you, go. you turn it over. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not ruining my trillion for oh, this." Oh, so shit. did uh, Kyle Madsen, my <laughs> other buddy, who uh, um, he had a turnover too. It looks like he played one minute. We all three checked in together, and he had a turnover, and, and so did Danny. <laughs> Those were my two roommates. That was originally the club of Club Trillion. Were those two guys and me, and uh, they had a turnover. So maybe that's why they got out of the club is because they turned it over. And we, uh, and I was like, you got to get out of here. Um, you got to banish him. So anyway, yeah. that's the name. So uh, I have started a scholarship for walk-ons, um, uh, uh, Division One basketball walk-ons. Um, that that uh, I I I started the Club Trillion Foundation to award the scholarship just because I had lawyers and and people of that ilk tell me uh awarding a scholarship out of my own pocket is stupid and and for tax purposes probably illegal so they told me i had to start a foundation to, yeah. to give the scholarship so i started the club trillion foundation um and yeah we're giving away a fifteen thousand dollar scholarship uh at the final four this year so this will be the first year we do it we're hoping to grow the thing the plan is to eventually start giving out full rides to guys um but you know things cost money and and there's only so much money in the world but uh this is year one, and we just now closed the the applications, um, and we got a we got a, enough. We, we we have a we have a good amount of guys that applied, and it's going to be cool. So uh, the committee is actually that that is picking the winner because this is a question that people also have. So they're like, so how's it going to work, Titus? You're just going to give it to the Ohio State kid every time? No, um, we yeah. put together a committee of guys who are all former Division One walk-ons themselves. Um, and they, there's 11 of them and they get to decide. And, and the guys are from all levels, uh, in terms of like, you have guys that played like very small level division one, you got guys that are from power conferences, uh, and all over the country guy that played at Oregon. I think there's a guy uh, that played at North Carolina, um, and everything in between. So, uh, 
that's it. We, it's, it's just like this. We're trying to bring together the community of walk-ons. Um, being a walk-on is a, is a very interesting experience because you're on the team. You're not quite a student, but you're not quite a basketball player either. You know, and you're just kind of you're kind of stuck right in the middle. middle in this lonely thing. And it's really the only people that understand walk-ons or other walk-ons. So uh, I thought, what the hell? Why why not use my influence yeah. that I have now, the platform I have now, and uh, give back? Because without my experience as a walk-on, I wouldn't be doing what I do today. And um, yeah, that's it. That's my sappy little. And I appreciate that, but I don't want to cheapen your experience. But you're actually the fourth walk-on to appear on the Blackburn Review podcast this calendar year, or sorry, in the last year, because we had uh, Joey Gruden and Jeremiah Bonsu were our two walk-ons that uh, they started the Flyers TBT team. They came on in the summer, and for anybody that's new to the cast, haven't listened to that. It was actually a pretty good interview back in July. Go ahead and listen to it. And then we had Bobby Worley, who is a legendary walk-on at Dayton because he went from walk on to actual starter or like six man when Dayton was depleted and we had a bunch of injuries Mm. in 2015. Uh, So Archie Miller just like plucked him off the bench and was like, we need bodies, kid. Like get after it. Uh, Those three guys are actually walk on number four. So I'm not going to say that we're a walk on podcast, but I I think we're trending in that direction. I I like it. Honestly, (laughs) the Blackburn review sponsored by walk ons. Yeah. So after, after Ohio state, uh, you ended up at the mm-hmm. Ringer, yeah. correct? Well, I was at Grantland first. Okay, which did it, it became the Ringer or like what? What was kind yeah. of yeah? Grantland was the old Big East of sports writing. Um, the old was, Big East. It's it's something. That, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like if you don't know what Grantland is, uh, just and you get caught in a conversation about Grantland, just all you got to do is just say it was the greatest thing ever, and everyone's like, yeah, it wasn't it, and then no one ever <laughs> cares. Yeah. To, uh, the, the stories coming out of Grantland are, uh, are, are hilarious, but, uh, no, I, I, I love the experience. It was a lot of fun. Um, I was really young. It was, it was like a legendary group of people that were writing and working at that site. And it was like crazy to be a part of that. Um, but then it goes under because, uh, uh, I don't know. I think we were losing a ton of money. <laughs> it's just <laughs> I wasn't cards really, on the table. <laughs> I wasn't really plugged. Yeah. I wasn't really plugged into the finances of, of Grantland, but I remember being 24 years old and having a company card and I was told I could do whatever I want with it. And I was booking yeah, trips. Usually end well. I remember one time I booked a trip. Uh, I, I just wanted to go see a game at St. Mary's. I don't know why I was just, like drawn to it because someone had, had told me that like St. Mary's had a tiny gym and it was cool and all this stuff. So I was like, I got to see yeah. this for myself. Um, so when Gonzaga played at St. Mary's, I booked a trip from, I was living in Ohio at the time. I flew across the country into San Francisco, spent two nights in downtown San Francisco, uh, rented a car, <laughs> drove to Moraga, went to the Gonzaga St. Mary's game. Great game. I think Gonzaga ended up winning. Um, and then I wrote, I, I want to say like one little blurb in my power rankings article about the entire experience. <laughs> the whole trip must've cost like four grand, honestly. <laughs> Most expensive paragraph in journalistic it was, history. It was like one pair. I was writing like these power rankings columns and then like under the Gonzaga section, I was just like, I went to the game at St. Mary's, hell of a gym, hell of a time. Good job, Gonzaga. Good people. All right. Next, next team. <laughs> Made some noise. <laughs> Made some noise. And I was like, and then so, uh, and then dude, one other time, uh, I went to the big 12 tournament for a week, an entire week. And I was eating barbecue on the company card, staying at the power and light district and going to all the games and, sitting courtside for the big 12 tournament. Cause I was fascinated with the big 12. Uh, this was a few years back when like every big 12 team was as good as, as the other, as another big 12 team, you know? And I was like, this tournament's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, 
so I just went and I, I was enjoying it. And then I, I literally ended up doing zero writing on that. I, I didn't write a single word. <laughs> people so, didn't even know you were there. Yeah. People like they had no idea. And so, um, <laughs> and, and I remember, so when we got the call that Grantland was going under, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, like everyone else was like, yeah, what? how could you do this? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't know. That, that makes a lot of sense to me, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, when I think back on my experience, like I could totally understand why this happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, so uh, it goes under and then Bill started, Bill, who was like the guy who spearheaded the Grand Line thing, Simmons, um, he started the ringer and uh, uh, asked me to join him. And I, I had to wait out my ESPN contract because I was still under contract. They laid us all off, but they said they'll pay, they'll honor our contracts. So I was getting paid for like seven or eight months to not work at all um fun employment fun employment it was fantastic i grew my yeah. beard out uh it was a whole thing oh yeah put on a ton of weight yeah uh it was it was it was like the summer <laughs> of george uh i called it the winter of mark i think i think i actually did just tell people it was the winter of mark and i did whatever i wanted to do uh fun times yeah um but yeah that's how yeah, I fun employment's solid man yeah yeah it's great and there's there's been a lot of speculation about leaving the ringer and now you're at fox sports so can you speak to that on the record, uh, what, what happened? What, what happened? Is uh, there a story? Why I left the ringer? Is there any story? So, um, yeah. it all started when I had I I snapped out of my blackout and I had my hand around Simmons' throat and I don't know how I got there, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we get <laughs> it was yeah, WWE. And I get asked about it a lot, and it's it's kind of boring. I mean, there's nothing really. There's no real story, and, and I think like we've arrived at a point where people want to ask us, and they're just waiting for the juicy story. And until I tell them that, until I tell them that Simmons and I had knives at each other's throats, and were threatening to kill each other's families, um, they're not going to be satisfied. But the real, I mean, it was just like. It was, yeah. it was basically like Tate left because Tate had other aspirations. Like Tate was just kind of shoehorned in his position at, at the ringer. Like he, um, it's like any other job, you know, like you kind of get, you kind of get put into on, on this certain track and they see you as something, um, that you don't necessarily want for your life or for your career. And Tate was like, I kind of want to do some other things and, uh, I'm appreciative of the opportunity, but like, I'm just kind of ready to move on to what's next in my life. So he leaves, um, and then I was stuck there and I was looking around and I was like, I, I'm the only college basketball guy. Uh, I did this podcast with Tate, which was the most fulfilling and fun thing that I did I've ever done in my career. And now it's done. And now I have to do the show by myself. Um, and I just kind of felt like, I, I don't know. I just kind of felt like I was a loner a little bit. And I just thought I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to leave too, I guess. I don't know. Like that was pretty much it. It was just like Tate left and, and, and I felt like, it didn't feel right to do the show without him. So um, I left. I knew I was going to figure out what's, whatever was next. I was going to try to write somewhere, just uh, maybe do some TV stuff. And then I reached out. Tate and I kept in touch. We're, we're great friends and always will be. And then uh, the the Maui thing came up, and we had talked about, like, maybe doing a podcast on the side just for fun. And then Maui was like, we'll pay you to come to Maui if you do podcasts. And we were like, done. <laughs> Say no more. Sure. Yeah. You're paying us to go to Hawaii. Yeah. And sure then Fox entered it, the man. picture and Fox was like, Hey, we're trying to do this digital thing. We want to, we want to film all your shows and put them on, uh, put them on our platforms. And we were like, pay us. And they're like, gladly. And we said, great. Fantastic. Sure. This all sounds great. Everybody's making a lot of sense here. And that's pretty much how it happened. So where's the catch? Yeah, it's, it's really, <laughs> yeah. it's really a boring story, but, uh, um, that's pretty much it. I would say it's just like any other job. Uh, there, it doesn't have to be, I mean, yeah, like people, it's funny. Cause like some of my friends who leave their job every two years are like, they want all the details of why I left my job. And I'm like, 
dude, it's the exi- like, why did you leave your job? Why Same did you leave you. nationwide insurance? Yeah. And like, well, cause I just kind of wanted, yeah. I wanted more money, more opportunity, change the scenery. And I was like, there you go. I mean, like what? It's all the same. It's all the same. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, that just goes to show that there's not a, uh, you know, a huge, uh, stinky poop story behind everything that goes down in, in sports media or even your job right now, your boring job listener yeah. that, you know, you have. And it's, you know, the but stories sometimes, are all the same. Here's the thing, know, though. Sometimes there are. And that's the thing is every so often there is. Sometimes. And you're like, man, I wonder if that's what happened here. It is not. Uh, I still I still keep in touch with a lot of people at the ringer. I see them around in L.A. Uh, we, we grab dinner often. Um, yeah. So it's like I have, I have no bad blood. I, I enjoy the ringer. Um, the ringer accounts still follow me on social media. So I think we're still in good standing there. <laughs> it's always nice. No. Yeah. yeah. Just keep keeping things. Yeah, that, that's all it really yeah, is, yeah. man. I, I, I just like wanted to kind of take the next step in my career. And I, uh, I think part of me subconsciously too, was like, um, I didn't want to be tabbed as like, uh, like a Bill Simmons understudy my entire career. So like, I guess part of me maybe subconsciously like wanted to fly yeah. and, and kind of get out of the nest on my own and, and do my own thing. And, um, I don't know. That's just the way it goes sometimes. Uh, and I certainly think you've done that, man. I mean, honestly, um, you know, there's a reason that, you know, our following here in, in the Dayton podcast wanted to have you on, obviously wanted to grab your insights on just everything, because I think that uh, we talked about before we went on that, like the X's and O's of the game aren't really like why I have people on. I mean, it's great when people can dissect those things. And, you know, the interview I just did with Jordan Sperber, I did kind of wet the beak of people who like to be a little bit more analytically focused because we went into like, you know, what a wedge is, and, right. like, why high ball screens work for Dayton and all that kind of shit. But at the end of the day, I mean, college basketball is fun and this podcast is fun just to hear like the stories and you know where we started is just like the stories from Maui are things that we aren't privy to just watching on TV because it feels kind of like arm's length away at Maui like oh you know the team is so far away they're 5,000 miles away and we're just like bystanders so it's always cool to hear kind of how people's uh, experiences have gone out there but um, you know shifting the focus to, to the Flyers for the last few minutes here um, the question that I got the most from people when I was, uh, I was mentioning you were coming on today was, have you been to UD arena? For I have. A game? Actually, I, no. I, I came to oh, the really? VCU game. I want to say, uh, God, how many years ago was that? Three, four, maybe, uh, Mo was it one of the years we won the conference there? I, I believe you guys won. I red Panda was the halftime show. I do remember that. Um, Oh hell yeah. Mo Ali Cox was VCU's best player. I believe. Um, Okay. Yeah. I, so Scoochie was on the team. Scoochie then. was on the team. I, I think you guys won. I, 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 as you, as you can tell, it, it, uh, I do not remember as well as I should. Well, they, di- they didn't lose at home to VCU. Uh, it's like from 2014 until, uh, or no. So they lost to VCU in 2014. So then 15, 16, 17, they beat VCU three years in a row. Yeah, it had to be one of those games. Yeah, so, I came to one of those games. Um, yeah. It was great. It was it was loud. There, I I have a feeling that it is nothing in comparison to what's going on this year. Um, I I no, this is not. the best Dayton team of all time, is it not? It has to be. It is. Yeah, no, it is. Um, it's funny because I've been pretty vocal. Everyone's like, it's Dayton's highest ranking since 1967, and and like that's true, but like not really because we were just coming off like a national championship year, and so in 1967, people were just like, yeah, sure, yeah. Dayton, whatever, like fucking yeah. throw on the in rankings, whatever. Um, but like quite literally, you have to go back to like the 50s when 
we're still wearing like Converse All Stars, no three point line, and guys are dribbling with right. like their palms right. parallel to the they floor. Look like, you know, so they it's look like, like Stanley in the office. How do you compare they look those? like Stanley in the office dribbling? Yeah, so yeah. that's how they dribble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like all the guys were just like throwing up like ten footers yeah. in like these. Yeah, I mean you, you've seen the videos before. So yeah, I mean quite literally, it's the best team we've ever had. So things have. Um, I mean, you know, things are going well for us as a fan base and as a website because people like want to take in, um, you know, this kind of content and stuff, which has been very cool for us. But yeah. So where, where so where do you fall? Like as, as the calendar turns to February, um, which then according to my calendar would then mean we're a month away from March. Yeah. Uh, what, where's the mindset with the Dayton fans? Is it like, is it shifting from like, wow, this is the most fun I've ever had as a fan to like, oh shit, now we have to, there's actually expectations in the NCAA tournament, or is it just like, we're just going to have as much fun as we possibly can. And should we lose in the first round or second round? God forbid, like we'll I, deal with that later. We're not, we're, I'm not even going to let that enter my mind. We're not even going to get nervous <laughs> yet because we're just too busy having so much fun right now. I I think it's, um, it's a a combination of being jaded and being excited because I still find myself as a Dayton fan, like every time they gas us up over the years, over the course of my life, then like the letdown is coming somewhere. Um, but this team, like you said, they gel really well and like they don't really care about the history of our program. So I think that like the expectation right now for everybody at the program is we have to make it to the second weekend. Right. Like all of, of this is kind of for naught if you go out in the first weekend. Um, but the other thing is, I don't know if you know this, Dayton has never won the Atlantic 10 tournament except on the except the year it was on our own floor. So it has this like nice oh, big really? asterisk next to us. Wow. So if you, yeah, literally like we joined the conference in 1995 and Dayton still to this day has not won the Atlantic 10 tournament except when it was in UD Arena. Um, so that kind of adds another layer to it because if you, if you ask me right now and you're like, okay, Dayton's going to win the a 10 tournament, they're going to win their first round game. Cause it'll be a high seed and then go out in the second round. I would be devastated by that loss. However, it would allow me to look back on the year and be like, man, that was a really fun year. Yeah. So take that for what it's worth, man. But it's, it's right in the middle of like jaded and being like, Hey, I think this is the best team we've ever had. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's just a weird thing because uh you, you know when when you're when you're a big program basically nothing matters until March like if if you don't win if Dayton if Dayton yeah. was Ohio State and and I don't mean to maybe I shouldn't say Ohio State because that's a little too close to home and people get a little watch defensive. it bud <laughs> if Dayton was UCLA we'll say um and and UCLA was in this position that Dayton is in. All the UCLA fans are saying, if we don't make the Final Four, fire the coach. <laughs> like, like that is, you yeah, know what oh I mean? yeah, yeah. And uh, it's weird because obviously it's different for Dayton because, um, you know, not that not that you should be happy if you guys lose early, but at the same time, like, there has to be some part of you that's appreciative of of this to where don't let it, you know, like a Wichita State team. I'm sure Wichita State fans still look back on the 2014 season when they go undefeated entering the tournament. And even though they lose in the second round, I'm still they. I'm sure they still look back on that and are like, "My God, what a season that was! That was so much fun." Um, but sure. I don't think Kentucky fans look back on 2015 and are like, "Well, they probably do. I guess some part of them does." But I don't know. No, nah, they're yeah, they're probably still like, "Yeah, so how do we not yeah, win? How do we lose to Wisconsin?" You know. So um, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, it's it's not like that over here. I mean, honestly, as I, I I'm not a mouthpiece for the fan base. I try to to do the best I can to like 
you know, gather sentiment and I'm pretty active as you know, on UD Twitter. And so I, I do kind of try to take in what everybody's saying, but um, you know, we've kind of echoed the same thing on the podcast where it's just like, enjoy the ride. Dayton's 20 and two. We've literally never been in this position. We've never been ranked this high. I'm not going to like reference the 1950s. And so it's just kind of one of those situations now where whatever happens, happens, you know, our, you know, is a, a horrible defeat coming? Like probably the odds <laughs> probably. say it still is, um, you know, just, it probably is like one way or another. Um, but you're right. Like we don't have that power five mindset where it's like, if we don't get to the final four, this year's a failure because right. we know like 2014 was our, our crowning year. It was like the best, you know, best three weeks of my life. And if Aaron Kraft hits a floater, we're never talking about that year. Right. If, um, the kid for Syracuse, Tyler Ennis, if he hits a buzzer beater three, we aren't going to the second weekend, you know? Mm -hmm. And then if Kansas loses to Stanford that year, we aren't going to get past Kansas to get to the elite eight to eventually lose to Florida. So like 2014, I think prepared the fan base to understand how fickle the tournament is because the margins for error were just so small. And it was literally just, the perfect storm of things that happened uh, to get us into that lead eight. So I think 2014 prepared us for whatever is about to happen. Wouldn't it be an absolute shame if Dayton was a two seed and Ohio state was a seven in the same region. And all that shit you guys were talking in 2014 comes back around. <laughs> this time you're the heavy favorites. When we you're need the heavy that, favorites though. and we pull, we need, and we get a We get a shot of uh, Jalen Crutcher, uh, with his hands behind his head, laying on the ground. <laughs> if, if you ever have the means to, to put me in touch with Aaron Kraft to meet him and shake his hand, I have to do that. I have to. I have shared that picture so many times in my life. I'm honestly, I've thought about getting it framed. And he's not even on my team. And I've just thought about framing yeah. that picture. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, he, he represented all of Ohio State, I think, at that point. It was just, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> All we could, that's all we could think at the time. Um, that, that was a no, man, it's been it's been great. So, I, I mean, are we worried about the defense? Because you, you you watch I, I watch Dayton. Um, if I had to rank Dayton is my if, if I know I'll be honest. Okay, I'm trying to figure out how the best way to say this. If I know Dayton is on TV, I'm watching Dayton. Um, how many games have you I watched this know, year? First of all, but here's the problem. Here's what I was gonna say. I never actually follow your schedule. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. See, that's why we're just like, please pay attention to us. I have no idea when your next game is, but like, <laughs> if I'm if I turn the TV on and it says Dayton's playing Fordham or something, I watched the game the other day, the Dayton Fordham game. Yeah. Um. That's the other thing Don't is I have that. no idea how good the other the other teams in the A10 are. So I get sucked into watching <laughs> shitty A10 teams play Dayton. Don't watch Fordham, yeah. please, God. Don't watch Fordham. Um. So I've, I've watched a good amount of I'd, – I'd say along with the Maui games I saw in person, I've probably watched eight to ten games this year. Okay. Um, well, I can maybe, I can help maybe. you out. Uh, I can help you out there. So we have the week off, which is perfect for a nice long podcast, which is this. Oh, that's nice. what this turning into. Um, but we are playing St. Louis on Saturday for the Arch Baron Ooh. Cup, as you might have heard. That's, that's our rivalry. Right. The Arch yeah, Baron the Cup. Arch Baron Cup. That's right. I yep. forgot the name of that rivalry. Uh, yep. It's a big weekend this weekend in college basketball, and it it is. Is, that's one of them. It um, is. So are we worried? The one thing I notice is defensively, Dayton. Uh, how do we say it? Isn't good all the time. Well, uh, they there, take plays off. Yeah, they take plays off. They're, the offense is so good that they know they can give up two because they're going to hit a three on the other end. Yep. Uh, does that concern you at all when yes. it comes to the tournament that like, you know, the three stop falling and now all of a sudden when you're taking plays off, 
you're down 12 or something. Yes. It's like, fuck, now, now we're screwed. Yeah, so absolutely uh, is my first response. And we actually just were kind of talking about this over the last two days because, and, and feel free to quote me here um, for, for your own show. But if Dayton is to lose uh, early on in the tournament or in the A-10 tournament, which they'll inevitably lose in because it's the A-10 tournament, it is going to be twofold. They don't rebound particularly well. They get beat on the boards constantly. And their perimeter defense, uh, like they can get beat by good guard play. And we've seen that a bunch of times this year where uh, they lost to Colorado because of McKinley Wright. They lost to Kansas because of Devon Dotson. I mean, Azubuki mm-hmm. obviously had like 30. But if Azubuki just has 30, we still win that game. Devon right. Dotson also plopped in like 28 or 29. So I, I will say that... Dayton's uh, ten, uh, tendency to take plays off defensively is probably going to be their undoing this year because the offense is so good. You know, they're, they're number two. We've been flip-flop, flip-flopping with Gonzaga constantly uh, for the, the best offense in the country. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if they are to be undone, that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to run into a team that, you know, as you know, in the NCAA tournament, you don't have a ton of time to prepare for. And, uh, and I think that they'll just get cooked for, like, 80 points and then they just like won't be able to get the buckets they need like right down the stretch mm-hmm. so that's kind of how i see it playing out. yeah i that's that's the fear but i uh, you know especially this year every team has a weakness but even 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 teams that are great yep. historically like they're going into every tournament and you know, every team has like their one thing where they're like all right this is how we lose let's just cross our fingers that it doesn't happen um but this year in particular every team is yeah. oof, every team seems to have like a very very glaring weakness and yeah, I don't think that's. I, I think that's what makes the tournament great, right? Is you have no idea what the fuck's going to happen, and just cross your fingers that that you're not the you're not the team yeah. that gets upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. that's honestly the strangest position that we're in right now is that as Dayton's heading into the tournament, we're going to be a high seed. Like I don't see any way with the team that we have. I, you know, there's no, not going to be like a bunch of bed shitters down the stretch here. So like the odds that Dayton drops below like the five line are, are are very, very low, in my opinion. The five line? So it's Dude, you're, weird you might get a one seed. Are you talking well, five line? Worst case scenario. Oh, I, I know. I'm just saying. What? Let's see. See, the, here's where you're getting it. Five now. overall? Jaded, are you talking like, overall? We're all jaded. Are you talking five overall? Like the number? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> like the first two seeds? Worst, <laughs> I'm saying worst case. Okay. Worst case scenario. If we, Because, again, you said it yourself. All the teams we play in the A-10 are dog shit. Yeah. So if we lost to, like, let's say. Okay, we're coming down the stretch here. Let's say that we lost to Rhode Island, we lost to St. Louis, and then God forbid we lost like at VCU, and then we drop like a stinker in the A10 tournament, which we we are prone to do. So that's four losses <laughs> down the stretch in the last nine games. Like that would very much put us on the five. And if that line, happens, one hundred percent. I'm not saying I it's going to happen. Preemptively say if that happens, I'm very much off the bandwagon. If you lose to those teams, I'm, <laughs> I'm off. You're, you're abandoning. Delete us. this podcast from the feed. I'm off. I'm out. It's over. Yeah. That's all We're done. <laughs> um, so, so no, I mean, like, uh, point being, yeah, I think, um, I think Dayton's pretty much destined for for a two or a three. Um, you know, maybe a four if things like really yeah. go wrong. I, I don't think that they they can do enough to get to the so, one yeah. line just because think, we don't have any. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I San Diego State loses as soon as San Diego State loses, they're gonna fall like a rock. Um, I I could see them falling to like ten ten spots. Yeah, at I least. could see them falling to like the three line. Like even if they lose to Utah State on a buzzer beater in the Mountain West tournament, like I could see, like it, it feels like people are just waiting for them to slip up so they can. It's a reluctant like here's your one seed, here's your top four ranking. 
They don't want to. Um, so the second they lose, yeah. they're going to be out. But I, I think Dayton's going to get jumped by the ACC champion. Uh, Kansas, Kansas and Baylor feel pretty locked in at once, unless like things go horribly wrong. Because the Big 12 is yep. so good that they just keep beating everyone in the Big 12. They're racking up wins. And if they only lose to each other. The Gonzaga's probably yeah, going to be Gonzaga's probably not going to lose. Even if they lost again. <clears throat> They have such like the the name brand and the all that that they'll stay at one. So um, I don't know. They yeah. Dayton needs a lot of help to get to a one line. I think, unfortunately, but two. I think That's you're locked I mean. in at two, though. I think two could be good. Yeah, and and again, that's all kind of with the notion that like we're gonna only lose like one more game down the stretch here. Um, you know, I would say it's I would bet all my money that Dayton's gonna be a seed between two and mm-hmm. four, um, regardless of anything that happens down the stretch. But uh, you know, point I was getting to is that it, it's a weird position for all of us to be in for me to be like okay, well, we're probably gonna win this first round game, so we have to look at our matchups like in that pod. Um, you know, that's very rare right. for us because in my life, the highest seed we've ever gotten is a four and we lost right. in the first yeah. round. So well, that's, it's the, like, that's the game you, you know, play it, now is like you start wondering, OK, if we get the if we're a two seed, what what two seed do we want to be? Do we want to be out west? Because if we're out west, we might have to place one. We're out west, which sucks. But, to, you know, we might get San Diego State, who is probably the weakest one seed. So, um you know, like you start doing those calculations. That's what happens when you're a, when you're a top seed like that. Is you flesh it all out like that, and then you lose in the second round. None of it matters. That's what Ohio State did in 2000. In 2011, Ohio State got Kentucky and Carolina in our bracket, and everyone was losing their minds. And then we lose to Kentucky right away, and then people were complaining about it. Ohio. I a lot of my Ohio State friends were like, "Man, it's bullshit. They screwed us. They put us in Kentucky and Carolina." I was like, "That didn't even matter because we lost to the first good team we ran up against." Like. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter that we were stuck in Carolina's bracket as well. We never even got to see Carolina. We we lost right away. <laughs> we I, we said it, you know, about the tournament. It's just like it, it's how it's how your matchups are. Um, if Dayton, like I'll tell you, you know, first and foremost, I don't want to play Iowa. I want to be as far away from Iowa as yeah. we can possibly get. Um, Garza is just a, a player that could really expose Obi um, yeah. defensively, and, and you know, I'm not like throwing shade at my man you know that's that's my boy but you know he he's like any other college player they have weaknesses yeah. and you know even the best players that go to the nba that's that's why they're college players they have weaknesses to, to kind of to work out um but you know we'll see what happens man we're all just we're, we're just all having a good here. time and, and, just... <laughs> yeah and the the dayton fans are uh i'm sure i let this interview just kind of roll we, we were like shooting oh, for 30 shit. minutes I'm sorry. So we, just, we just smoked past <laughs> let's that get out of here. no we no that's the best part like <laughs> so let's close it up i uh i always just let things go like when, when things when things are moving uh, well and, and we're swimming and i was shooting for two hours because you know? we're recording this as the ohio state michigan game is going on and currently ohio state's up by one but i know it's gonna end in heartbreak so uh i was trying to drag it out so i could be distracted when inevitably I don't know. <laughs> Inevitably, Dwayne Washington shoots a fadeaway three at the buzzer when we're down by one, and uh, we lose the game. Which is what? Or, or Xavier Simpson's going right, to hit so a I'll hit shot you with at the buzzer to beat us. And... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'll uh, all right. I'll hit you. I'll hit you with one more question before okay. we let you go, and you can plug whatever you want on the way out because that's that's your birthright when you come on the the podcast. Um, and this is always a question I'm fascinated in because again, I wasn't on a, a team, and, and you were. Where was your least favorite place to play? And it could be in the Big Ten or elsewhere. You're on the team for four years, so you saw a lot of locales, Ooh, I'm sure. Least favorite place to play. Um, um, I would probably say Penn State. Uh, I'm trying to think of other road games we took. Um, 
Penn we, we State? Had a, we had a, it's like, yeah, it's always empty. It, well, the, that's what made it horrible. Like, the crowd, I wanted, I wanted like, some sort of environment. Uh, Penn State was horrible. There was nothing to do in Happy Valley. It's in the middle of nowhere. Um, not during basketball season, there's not, no. I enjoyed, I actually enjoyed, like, good crowds. It was fun, because you got to, like, experience the student sections and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's fun to go on the road and win and, and shut up crowds, you know? Um, also, I guess Wisconsin would be a good answer, too. For, so, with the with the the thought pattern you had, the answer would be Wisconsin because I never won there. That was the only Big Ten arena that I never won in. Um, but I, just for me oh, personally, wow. I'm taking the basketball out of it. I'm saying like my experience. Like I want to go experience a cool atmosphere. I want to have a good time on campus, all that kind of stuff. Uh, because that's what I did. Because I knew I wasn't getting in the game, so I wanted to like do stuff the night before. <laughs> um, oh yeah, you guys could like actually party on campus. And I shit. could. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would say Penn State sucked, but Dayton, the, the we played at Dayton in the 09 tournament in the first first round. We lost to Siena um, in a double overtime game. I remember One of the that. great all time NCAA tournament games. Uh, Fran McCaffrey was the coach of Siena <laughs> at the time. Um, that was a horrible trip because uh, we after we lost, we took a bus ride back to Columbus and we got home at like 4:30 in the morning. Just the whole thing was horrible. Like we lost <laughs> in double overtime. The it was it was I, I don't know I I hated that trip but it had nothing to do with Dayton or or but that was that was not a fun trip at all because I just wanted to like go out that night I was like cool the season's over at least let's go have some fun tonight guys and they're like no we're getting on the bus and driving back to Columbus and I don't know um but yeah I would say Penn State lock me in on Penn State it was horrible atmosphere horrible there's nothing to do it was just like let's just get us and we always 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 had plane trouble getting out of Penn State. Like anytime the game was over, oh yeah, you always had to like de-ice the plane for three hours, and then it's like, well, we feel like it's too cold and windy to to take off, so we're gonna have to stay here another night, and or there's like a snowstorm. It was there was always something with Penn State. It was never an easy trip, and uh, that's that's my answer. Oh yeah, there's always weather up yeah. there, man. There's always like some crappy storm, and then the storm will change like thirty minutes later because it's in the middle of the mountains. Yes. So yeah, I, and I know they well. they have like one they have like one hotel, the the Nittany Lion Inn or whatever. It's just like this. The Nittany yeah. Lion Inn. <laughs> it's like this old ass hotel yeah. where it looks like it's out of The Shining, and like everyone, all the locals like think it's, it's historic, so and like I'm an out of towner. I'm like I don't know, man. It just looks like kind of an old hotel to me. Like give me the hell out of this place. What are we doing here? <laughs> Pretty shitty. Yeah, I'm a I'm like a diehard Penn State fan for football, and like I know oh, how yeah, shitty that hotel is. Yeah. So, yeah. Preaching to the choir, so, man. Uh, yeah. And if nobody's ever been to Penn State, you basically, if you ever drive there, I know you flew, but like if you drive there, you basically just drive through nowhere for like two and a half hours. And then you're like, oh, there's the biggest football stadium I've yes, ever seen in my yes. life. And it just like pops up out of nowhere. That's, you know, that's that was, yeah, that's it. That there's like nothing to, I don't, I don't mean to shit on Penn State too much. I'm sure it was a, a fun school to go to. But uh, yeah, for, for me, it was, uh, it was hard to find things to do and, and, things to be excited about so that's my answer anyway i'm talking too much right. thank you for no, having no. me on this was a pleasure <laughs> uh i hope uh uh i hope i did i did myself justice as the uh the national leader of the dayton bandwagon yeah man and uh obviously the uh the dayton fans will be listening to your show uh the titus and tate podcast throughout the season to uh to hear a little bit more of uh of your stories of dayton and now you're well acquainted with our fan base and you know some things about us and you know our weaknesses and all all the good stuff um, so take it back with you. Tell them I sent you. You know, tell them that I gave you some good tidbits. Uh, is there anything you want to plug on your way out uh, of the show tonight? I I, I will plug uh, my Twitter at Club Trillion. Uh, other other Twitter is at Titus and Tate. That's our show Twitter. Uh, but also Club Trillion Foundation uh, uh, You can go there. You can donate. Um, 
if you want to chip in some money to help the scholar, all a hundred percent of the money goes straight to the scholarship. Uh, I cover the cost of the, um, you know, the administrative cost of, of keeping the website up and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I cover those costs myself. So all of the money will go to the scholarship. Uh, and yeah, if you want to help that out, that's cool. Or if, 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 you know, the idea speaks to you in some way and you think you can help us out. Cause I'll be honest, this whole scholarship and foundation thing, it's kind of a one man operation. I just do it myself. I have people, I have lawyers like look stuff over for me and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I'm always willing to hear from people that, that have better ideas than I do. Cause, uh, all I really wanted to do was give some money to a walk on and I'm not great at all the other yeah. things. So that, that, that come with that. So, uh, if you're listening and you're like, Hey man, I think I could help you with X, Y, Z. Um, that's great too. So that's it. Club trillion foundation.org. And, and at Club you sound Club like Club me with the, yeah, yeah, dude, it's been great me, to have you on finally catch up and, and talk some Dayton hoops. You actually sound like me with the podcast where I'm like, yeah, this is all I ever wanted to do was just have this podcast, but I don't know the other shit that goes behind it. So if you want to like give us money for yeah. ads, like that'd be cool. And like, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, yeah, man, it was, it was great to have you on and, uh, I'm sure we'll be doing it again eventually. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe we go to the final four. We'll catch up. Let's do it at the final. F- if if Dave makes the final four, you have my word. I will come on the podcast. I will. Let's get drunk yes. on the podcast together. That's what we do best. Four, if Dayton's in the final four, I will gladly. I will gladly throw a few back. Thanks for sticking around all the way to the end on Rewind Wednesday. Remember, new episodes of Talking Out Loud come out every Thursday until the season starts on November 25th. That's Talking Out L-O-W-D. Put it into your Google search to find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And, of course, you remember those two important rules. You wear red, be loud, and we'll catch you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.